We're in the heart of Hollywood, about to go interview Chef Celestino Drago on his newest restaurant, Osteria El Drago. Let's go inside. Hello and welcome to our Christmas special. I'm your host, Ryan Shushani. I'm currently in the kingdom of restaurateurs with famed Celestino Drago in his new location, Osteria, here in Sunset. Chef Drago, thank you for having us with you. Thank you. It's nice to be here with you. I came here 32 years ago in 1979. I was a young, young chef in Tuscany, and I was invited to come here in Beverly Hills to work for this restaurant and uh, just took the opportunity to come and spend a few weeks and after 33 years I'm still here. And what began your passion for food? Uh, eating. I love to eat from when I was a little kid. I love uh, the quality. I love really, you know, all about, you know, the dining room table, what happened. and. Uh, you know, I started to grow up and saw the excitement. I met some people in the restaurant business while I was going to school. And I fall in love with the restaurant business. Every day was a beginning, just dealing with ingredients and, and, and creating and do the uh, authentic Italian cuisine. And of course, growing up in my family, you know, a big family, you know, eight kids, I'm the oldest of eight. And my mom, she's a great cook, she still cooks every single day. My father competed with my mom all the time, then everybody had to really, you know, to really cook at home, you know, and, and we had to know how to do every single thing. And uh, I just, I just had the passion, the love, and uh, I was cheating sometimes when my mom was cooking something, I was adding something else without, without her to know, just, to, I think now I understand when some of my creativity and love and passion came from to make things a little exciting. But really home was, you know, was the, the beginning, the start of everything. And when did you decide that you were going to become a chef? That this is what you love to do, this is what your passion is. When did you decide that this is it for me? Uh, I was in Tuscany, in Pisa, and I was going to a mechanical school over there. And um, I... I really didn't like too much of the school, but I didn't want to go back to Sicily, you know, and disappoint my parents another time because I just, they say I don't want to continue, I don't want to go to college, I don't want to, I just want to do something then I love to do it. And I met these people in the restaurant business, you know, Ignazio and Francesco, you know, the restaurants over there, and I talked with them and they said, listen, can I just come here when I'm off school and do whatever you need, you know, and I start to, you know, help them in the kitchen, peeling potatoes and clean the fish. And after school was done, I already was the pasta chef in the restaurant. And uh, I became, really, I became the chef of the restaurant at age of 22. And, you know, after five years, then I start to really work in the kitchen. But that's when I saw the restaurant business, you know, and again, every, every day was a beginning. So, you know, that's what I want for my profession. I finished school. Actually, I got a job with the school, then I never, I never took it just to stay in the restaurant business. And uh, I was very lucky, very blessed to have uh, uh, two people like them to really 
you know, embraced me and my idea and my passion and just take me, they took me to the next step. Why did you decide to come to America? Oh gosh, that's, uh, that's a long story. I mean, I wish we had a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I was a young chef, very uh, popular, you know, there, because, you know, usually a chef in Italy is, uh, you know, 50 years old, 40 years old, with a big talk, and, you know, like, and, you know, this young kids, 22 years old, then really was doing, was revolutionized a little bit, the kitchen of the restaurant after the chef left. People were talking about, and uh, they were coming over there, they allowed me to do different dishes, and uh, one day this, uh, this gentleman showed up and said, listen, I have uh, two very good friends of mine, they are in Beverly Hills, they have a restaurant, and they're looking for a chef from Tuscany, a young chef that can go to America and stay there and check if they like the, you know, the job. And if, if you like to stay, you stay. If you don't, you come back. We pay for round-trip tickets and uh, just, just come over. And that's what I did. I came over without really telling my parents. My parents were in Sicily. I was the only one in, uh, you know, in Tuscany. And I said, I'm going to spend a couple of weeks, you know, in, uh, in California and, uh, and come back. And here I am. I liked here what I saw. They knew exactly what they were doing. They wanted young people because they just, you know, in the 70s, the early 70s, I mean, late 70s, uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun here, and they knew between work and, and the great weather here and Hollywood and all these things, they would convince me to stay, and that's what they did. Why do you think that Italian food has really taken such a hole here in American culture? I mean, you know, it's become very Americanized. Why do you think Americans have created such a passion and love for Italian food? Well, I think um, how I can answer this. First of all, Italian food is really, um, it's not just food. This is, it's culture, it's a story behind every single dish. And uh, everybody in Italy, you know, we take pride of the ingredients and what we're doing. They have to be done a dish the way it's supposed to be done. It's uh, simplicity, ingredients, uh, freshness, that's really the key of the Italian cuisine when you start with, uh, you know, with the f everything being fresh and, and, and cook with the best ingredients and keep simple. And that is going to show. It's going to show to the plate, it's going to show to the people taste and palate and then in a way, you know, people you have that taste, you know, to just go back and you know, you have the pasta, you have the veal chop, you have the seafood, you have all of that, and uh, um, this is just just great food that people get used to and get stuck with that. And how do you recreate your authenticity in another country? You see a lot of Italian food that's really Italian-American food. How do you take your authenticity and stick with it? Uh, well, that was one of the things when I came here then uh, was a big issue for me. Uh, I, I didn't like 
what I saw here, and I had to, you know, work with what we had ingredients-wise. 1979 was nothing around. The rice, you know, the risotto, we used to try to do the risotto. They used to use, you know, Uncle Ben rice, not the arborio, the cannaroli, all this, because it wasn't available here. Um, ingredients was very, very poor, then really that's where we had to kind of uh, work very hard, you know, with the ingredient that we had here to keep that, you know, that flavor and authenticity. And I said, no way I ever gonna stay here, I ever gonna make here, it's just I don't like what we are doing. But grow so fast, you know, what's, uh, you know, was more young chef, you know, at that time, you know, with me, and we start to request from growers, you know, uh, produce company, farmers, say, listen, can you, can you have, can we have the wild arugula? Basil, was not basil around, you know, the basil was only three, four months a year. In September, I used to work in this restaurant, Orlando Orsini, in, you know, some Pico and Beverly Drive for many years. And in September, October, was no more basil. Then we had the dish in the menu called spaghetti keka, you know, with chopped tomato, garlic, and basil. Then in, uh, in October, we had to switch. We, instead of basil, we used to put olives inside, called kekone, because basil was not, you know, available. 1983 was already more than 40 different kind of basil available here in California all year round. Then, I mean, I remember was uh, uh, the region of Liguria, they were promoting, you know, the region, the food and the tourism here in California, and they brought chefs from there to uh, cook here and show what they were doing over there, and they had a big, you know, a big uh, pesto um, contest in Malibu, and uh, I was one of the participants on the Pesto contest was more than, uh, I would say, more than 50 chefs participating from everywhere. And just what I'm trying to say, like in three years, from no basil, 40 different basil, big boom with the pesto, because that's what, uh, you know, uh, the main ingredient for pesto. And by the way, I mean, I don't want to, I won the pesto contest. What's <laughs> 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 a basil that I was growing in my, you know, in my balcony in, uh, in Westwood. So you won the contest with what you were growing in a balcony? In the balcony, that's what I did. I took that pesto and over there I made, made the pesto, gave to them, they cook it, they did everything and I, I, I won, you know, the first prize. It's passion, that's what it is, and ingredients. And what was most difficult about starting up your own restaurant? And which restaurant was it that you first started? Um, when I decide and I want to stay here and I say, you know what, if I'm going to stay here, I want to have my own restaurant because I want to do the food that I grow up with, then I know how to do it, and I want to do my own way. And I see that it's enough. It's a lot of people here, they travel and they understand the food. I know I can capture the clientele. I opened my first restaurant in 1985 in Beverly Hills, South Beverly Drive, called Celestino. And it was a big success. I was doing my own things. Stuff like, for example, you know, rabbits. Then before I had, um, you know, I had the mommy and daughter, you know, having dinner at the restaurant where I used to work and was a 
special was a rabbit the night. I mean, they left the restaurant because we were cooking, you know, rabbit. Rabbit, when they opened my first restaurant, became one of the most sold, I mean, the most sold dish in the restaurant on the menu. I can take it out. Because I just was doing it. I was doing with passion. I was doing that's what it is, take it or leave it. And, uh, you know, we're here to just display what, you know, our cuisine, our tradition, and our authenticity. So you were uncompromisable about that? No. I just, I said, that's what I know how. And my philosophy is like, first of all, I would not make a dish then I would not eat. And second one, I said, that's what I'm best at. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, now compromising sometimes, you know, people come in and say, okay, I want a dish. Don't put garlic in it without garlic. Of course, you know, we do without garlic. But if somebody try to uh, create their own dish, then would bastardize that's, you know, that authenticity of the dish. I will not do it. And I'm not doing it now. You know, it's, uh, some of the dishes got to be done the way they're supposed to be done. And uh, that's, my, that's my belief. Chef Drago, I, what I think a lot of people want to know, and one of the most important things out there is that, what makes a good chef? What are the key principles about being a good chef? Uh, I think it's passion. Passion and love for, uh, for what you do, for your job. Respect for the ingredients respect for you know the people you're working with and um, and be appreciative of you know your customer when they come in because they are there to eat your food and without them you really you know you cannot do it then I think if you have you know this you know the passion gotta be in your blood and you feel it you're gonna be successful you know you you just you do it that's my passion that's my love and uh, of course you gotta have the basics you gotta have you know the if I, I cook italian you know i gotta have i gotta know my italian cuisine my uh out the authenticity of those dishes and uh that's that that's what it is you know to make italian but i think passion and love for what you do they are they are the main things and you have several different restaurants would you mind telling us each one and the differences between each one. Sure. Uh, 1985, I opened my first restaurant in South Beverly Drive. In uh, 1991, I opened Drago, then became the flagship in Santa Monica on Wilshire 26. Then, uh, actually, last year, the lease expired after 21 years, and uh, that's uh, Drago isn't there anymore. In the same time, what I did, because we moved from Beverly Hills to Santa Monica, and we had such a strong clientele in Beverly Hills, you know, that we're doing that personalized, you know, business with them, and they love Celestino restaurant. They were not too happy with me leaving South Beverly Drive and go to Santa Monica. Then what I decided, I said, you know what, let's do a, like a baby Drago, you know, here in Beverly Hills. And Pastayo was born. You know, I create Pastayo, and we now we have all those seats outside because before it was only the inside. Um, I brought here, you know, three of my brothers, you know, at that time, and uh, they all start here working with me from South Beverly Drive to Santa Monica and, you know, learn this business. And uh, 
you know, two of them in the kitchen, Tanino and Giacomino, and Calogero in the dining room. You know, when he finished school in Italy, he came here, say, I want you to be in the dining room, then one in the front, one in the back. We can just run a restaurant one day. And um, I decided to put, you know, Giacomino to, he became the chef, you know, there at Pastaio, and he's still there, you know, running, you know, running Pastaio. Um, and it's, uh, it's a great success, Pastaio is, uh, it's a great trattoria, but what we did at Pastaio when we start was all about pasta, risotti, salad, carpacci. I had a lady there, you know, uh, Lilian Nuila, and she's still there right now, making the fresh pasta, and from there we were cooking and serving. Uh, now became more of, a, you know, we had the main courses, became more of a restaurant, and you know it's uh, it's the casual you know the casual uh drago food over there at pastaio it's a fun place it's busy all day you know you can go there any time of the day it's fun you know it's, it's just a that that's really you know pastaio then what i did in the same time i said okay we want to grow and do another restaurant and i did the celestino in pasadena the same restaurant i had on beverly drive then we moved to Pasadena and we opened Celestino in Pasadena. Celestino is still there right now, run by my brother Calogero. And um, after that, I did some other things in between. One, um, a steakhouse, an Italian steakhouse. Then uh, I fall in love with this Italian beef, then finally made in America, Piemontese beef. And I opened this, uh, Steakhouse on Beverly Boulevard, then Celestino Italian Steakhouse, then still people come to me and they say, that was the best beef I ever had, that was the best restaurant. Um, I sold it, the landlords, you know, bought me out because now it's a big building there and just, uh, you know, the concept of the steakhouse was gone. But also was very hard, you know, with, with, with the beef, you know, then uh, I, I was too early, you know, at the time. The consistency on the beef wasn't there all the time, then made very, very, very hard, you know, on us. Then I decided to don't continue with the steakhouse and say maybe one day uh, when the beef become a little bit more consistent, you know, I, and, and I'm still thinking, you know, maybe one day to do a steakhouse with the Piemontese beef or something. Um, the other thing that is very important than I, you know, than I did, you know, here everybody was talking about food south of Rome that was heavy and every single thing south of Rome was heavy food, you know, and, and wasn't good. And I said, they have no clue, you know, really what we have in the south. And I took that very personal when uh, People thought and the food on the side was just tomato sauces and heavy garlic and spicy. Then when I opened Dragon Santa Monica, in the bottom of the menu, I put six dishes, Sicilian dishes. And I never worked in Sicily before. I never, you know, did anything in Sicily. I just remember my the food that my mom, my family was cooking and friends. And, and also, you know, some of the... You know, some of the new dishes that I start to do research for and end up put on the menu. And Dragon Santa Monica became, those six dishes became the focus of everybody in the menu. Then all at once, the restaurant became a Sicilian restaurant. I became a Sicilian chef. 
and they opened another restaurant called Larancino, and uh, just Sicilian dishes. I mean, they, and it was great. So how many restaurants do you have so far? Now, Drago Centro in downtown, that's the newest restaurant. It's, it's a really big, you know, beautiful, um, one of the biggest restaurants I've done. Now really it's the flagship of uh, the group, you know, my restaurant. Uh, Osteria Drago right here, you know, then I just opened. Uh, of course, El Pastaio in Beverly Hills. And right next to El Pastaio, I have Enoteca Drago. Then it's more of a restaurant, a wine bar. We have a great wine program over there, more than 50 wine by the glass, by the hounds. And try to, you know, do so many different things. And uh, on top of that, um, I have a bakery in Culver City. Then we do rest, um, bread for restaurants, hotel, airlines. It's really a great growing business. Also, um, I have another kitchen in El Segundo, and it's Drago Hair Catering. Then we provide foods. We produce all the food for United Airlines and Continental from there. It's not my cuisine. We are just producing the food for them. But then I have, I have my hands full, and with my brothers now, I mean, all together, uh, with four brothers here, between, uh, you know, all of us, it's like, I think, what, 12, 13 restaurants, and some of them, we are together, you know, in a partnership, some other, I am by myself, and some other, they are by themselves. So, uh, as you well know, restaurants have about an 80% failure rate. Why is it that you've managed to make such a huge success here in Los Angeles, especially? I mean, it's not that I planned something. I just did what I, what I believe, you know, people should do. It was a, what I was good at. Uh, to me, person-to-person -person relationship, that personalized service is very important. You've got to see a face, you know, with a place, and that's what people want to see. You know, and if they say, okay, let's go to, you know, to, 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 to Drago, they think of me. They picture my face there. It's very important to put the face with the place. And, and you know, just, uh, you know, we're there. We're there and every single day the employees are very important. I have people that work with me for 25 years, 20 years, 18 years, because I am not their boss. You know, I'm their colleague. You know, we work together, and, and we are in just for the same reason to be successful and build up something for all of us. And, you know, I tell them all the time, I say, when the restaurant is empty, we don't have to worry about nothing. I'm worried about when the restaurant is full of people. we got to make sure every single customer walk at the door. They're going to leave from the, this, you know, from the same door. they got to be happy, and they got to, when they go out, they got to talk with their friends and how great the food was and what a great experience they had. That's really what we have to do. And on top of that, really, you got to be cons you know, consistent with the food. You know? And uh, that, that's really you know, what it is. But it's that personalized you know, relationship with the customer, I think, is the key. I don't know if it's true, but that's what I think also is. And out of all the hundreds of dishes you've made, what is your favorite? Uh, depends how I wake up in the morning. I mean, the favorite for me to eat? Or the to favorite, cook? the one that you, you put up on top of all the others and say, well, this is my favorite. This is it for me. Paradise. I really don't have a favorite dish. I, I, I don't. I love, 
when I cook, I I love to cook a little bit of everything. My favorite uh, things to cook is fish and game. I love game. I you know then I love fish to do things. Cost pasta. Also, I'm very very strong in pasta because I just I love to eat pasta and and I would not make it. If it's not good for me, it's not good for you to hear it. And, and we just put the extra, you know, the extra things there. I always research. Um, if I have to eat a dish right now from my own kitchen, um, I probably have a just simple spaghetti with tomato and basil and a good Parmesan cheese on top. <laughs> <laughs> and last thing before we go to the kitchen, what is the most important thing you've learned in life? Sometimes it seems like I haven't learned anything yet. Um, <laughs> what? Um, no, just be yourself. You know, be yourself and respect is very important. Respect your uh, um, your friends, your family, and everybody. And do what you're good at and be, you know, be yourself. And just don't, you know, just, just be humble and and truthful and honest and and go home. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, so go to the kitchen. I like that painting. Maybe we should shoot the the scaping of it for and this. Yeah, pretty cool. I like that. Go ahead. As we're going on the way into the kitchen, we walk through the heart of Osteria, where we see the, the dynamic, the design, and the heart that Chef Silstino puts into it. cook a little bit and then we just keep it too hot last moment. What do we do with the with the shell of the lobster? We just make a broth. Then you have this broth right here, then we're just gonna use the juice into the pasta together with a little bit a little bit of tomato, then 
this part of the tomato sauce that's exactly what we're making and we use for other dishes right here and then we use fresh parsley then we have chopped already this is a pasta with the squid ink the tagliolini we make right here um, this we are using for linguine clams right now we are used for uh, some spaghetti with lobster and a lot of different dishes than we make, a lot of the pasta. We do, just to give you an idea, for example, a little onion lotte. You know, that's uh, the little kilo, you know, pasta. We portion off here right now. It's done with uh, pumpkin inside. Ooh. That's on the menu right now. But we don't gonna do this, we're just gonna do the... Just to give you an idea, once you have your prep done, Once you have your prep done, it's, uh, it's very easy to put this dish together, okay? And uh, what we do, we're gonna start, you know, with uh, having a little saute pan here, uh, olive oil, make sure we have a good olive oil. What makes a good olive oil? Um, it's, you know, it's extra virgin olive oil, you know, cold press. Um, in Italy, really, we have the best olive oil over there. Now I use a little bit of uh, chili, okay, then depending on how spicy you want it, you can control it. And then we use a little bit of garlic already chopped. Then uh, just going to do it right here. You gotta make sure then the garlic it doesn't burn. Let's put a little bit more. And you have red wine here. I mean red wine. White wine. Just gonna put just, uh, Little bit in there, maybe you don't want the garlic to burn. Okay, okay, just there. Uh, now we're talking. Right now we let the wine evaporate a little bit, okay? Just, uh, we're gonna add a little, let's, let's put on the fire the pasta right now. Then we're gonna add a little bit of the tomato sauce here. Now this is the key, we're just gonna add the broth, that's where all the flavors of the lobster is, you know, right there. I'm gonna put in here and let it reduce. I don't wanna put the lobster there yet because I don't wanna to overcook and become chewy. Uh, we have the parsley, pasta is cooking. Really this is a dish that you can put together in five minutes. After you did a couple hours of uh, you know preparation, I mean the preparation. Here. What do you do with the lobster? You have uh, uh, live lobster that come every morning. We're just gonna you know steam a little bit, take the shells out, and we chop the lobster in big you know big pieces like this. Okay, I mean you can tell in size, not even done cooked, very rare. Uh, and with the stock, we make the stock with all the shells, you know, and we put herbs and uh, the celery, carrots, onion, you know, it's good flavor stock. And uh, that's what we do. I mean, if you, I just want you to try right now the stock here. Just to get the... Delicious. The, you know, the lobster flavor is there. Okay, that's... Uh, yeah, now, 
got the pasta here. See, by the time the pasta cooks, you know the sauce is going to be ready. Pasta is almost ready. Sauce is reducing. Uh, what else I can tell you about this pasta here? Uh, you can use hard spaghetti. Then we have it right here some of the the difference the pasta is made with eggs. This is a durum flour, just the flour and water. Pasta is made with flour, squid ink, and eggs. Um, and you make you, the pasta here also? Uh, yes, the pasta is made here. The no, the, the spaghetti. Yeah, I mean the spaghetti. No, that's something that you buy imported from Italy. It's uh, you know that's why many people say, okay, I want a spaghetti al dente. You cannot make a spaghetti al dente with fresh, you know, egg noodles made at the moment. Um, anyway, here we have. I think now we can put the lobster inside. You know, right here. Let it get a little warm and uh, now one thing you know I'd like to do and we'd like to do here in the kitchen and uh, Chef Evan here then is in charge of this kitchen is doing a great great job with all the techniques and you know teaching the young chef what to do you know, for example, right now we take the pasta and it's a little bit, you know, a little bit al dente, okay? And what we do, we're just going to let it cook, you know, inside here, because the pasta is like a sponge. Then it's going to absorb, you know, the sauce here. Then it's going to get all the flavor inside. You think it's become a little bit too dry? We're going to add a little bit more of the lobster stock, like we are doing right now. then let the pasta cook a little bit inside. You know, sometimes you go to a restaurant and you see a linguine clams, a pasta kind of swimming in water and sauce. I, we don't do that here. I don't like that. You know, it's just, it's like washed, you know. You have to do this kind of stuff. Just let it cook, you know, let it, let it absorb, you know. Now, at this point here, I think we need a little salt, as we explained before. Then we start pouring a little parsley. I'm going to put the parsley right at the end because also to keep the color. You know, it's a fresh instead of cook. We're just going to keep the, you know, the color, uh, the green. You see how it's absorbing right now? And uh, parsley. And it's very healthy, it's like a little bit of olive oil, it's the stock from the lobster. Just uh, at the end we're going to finish it up with a little bit, you know, a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of raw olive oil. I like always to use a little bit of the raw olive oil, you know, to, you know, to use this pasta here. It's really, really a great dish. Um, we are, I know you're hungry. <laughs> I'm sorry I make you wait a little longer, but yeah, that's the only way it can be this done. This is how we learn. You know, that's the only way it can be done. People sometimes, they think, well, you know, I wait too long. You know what? You wait until it's ready. 
because we are going to leave it out. So you see now all this uh, juice become very creamy. And what are we going to do? We just want to start to put just a little bit of the olive oil, just a little bit at the end. Now you love olive oil. I do. What I do you think do. about California olive oil? Um, you know, it's a very good California olive oil too. It's, uh, you know, Italian oil, I, I don't know. I mean, still, I think the way they are doing for thousands and thousands of years, um, and also the way that the soil and the sun is a combination of things. I don't know. I prefer, I prefer right now much, much better, you know, to use the Lafortis. Uh, is there also something about the history of it that's what makes it so rich? I mean, it's culture. I mean, it's, it's the way they're doing it. You know, the, I think thousand years of experience really is going to, you know, really is going to, you know, it shows, you know. And uh, what do we do? That's we do exactly the same thing when uh, you have to serve at the restaurant. Make like a little nest. around so this is something anyone can really make at home for their Christmas yes and also you know is uh, in Italy we celebrate the feast of the seven fishes the you know, for the Vigilia, we call the day before Christmas, you know, the evening. It's very, uh, very important, very important. It's a tradition Then uh, people use so many different kind of fish, seven different kind of fish at that night. I mean, I remember, you know, when we grew up, you know, uh, was a tradition from, um, you know, poor family. And then you had like all the calamari, the cheaper fish. Now what we are doing, actually, we are doing this here, Osteria, in Otega Dragway, Drago Centro, and we have from sea urchin, lobster, arctic char, um, just just a great, you know, great dish. Then we're gonna make it. We keep the tradition alive as well. And, uh, but that's what's gonna be served here, you know, for uh, New Year's Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, we're gonna take this out and. Uh, you're gonna sit down and eat it. Beautiful. Okay, it's yours. Beautiful. Purissimo. Mm. Buon Natale. Auguri. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. <laughs>